welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week we scrape the bottom of the Oscar barrel to look for the films that we somehow missed this year in an attempt to squeeze every last drop of inspiring juice out of the filmmaking orange that was 2018. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Now, last episode, we released the uh, university-focused O-Week about the titular week of the same name, uh, (laughs) which happens just before uni starts. It was a madcap comedy teen... Teen comedy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How did that go? Uh, I'd like to say, well... Good. But we did run into some legal trouble, as Uh, we often do. Um, Now, to, to avoid getting sued by... JK uh, Rowling. Yeah, yeah, because we had a, we had a, we well, had like there was a, a Quidditch tournament, and we, we decided we couldn't call it Quidditch, and we should call it Wizard Ball. Wizard Ball. Yeah. As it turns out, there's an even more litigious uh, person who owns the rights to a sport called Wizard Ball. Oh, you're kidding. Um, who, when he discovered that we got Rupert Grint involved yep. in our film, yep. uh, stepped in and said. Uh, the only way that we'll let you use Wizard Ball yep. is instead of doing a, a coming-of-age story, yep. you turn the film into a charming underdog sports story ah. about the, the rise of Wizard Ball. Right. Um, and we had so much film in the can by that point, it was yep. just impossible to stop production. Yep. So there's this weird sort of like 40-minute section in the middle there <laughs> where there's like a big Wizard Ball tournament. <laughs> um, it's so out of place, it kind of like holds right. up the film. Yep. But we, you know, we had to negotiate. Um it's got some interesting, you know, reviews based on this very out of place thing, but right, we, we yep. really had our backs to the wall. Okay. And we still called it O-Week? We still called it O-Week. That's weird. How did Look, people- there will be a director's cut in like <laughs> probably about 15 years where that whole slow middle section is removed. Yeah. It's probably one of those rare director's cut where we remove content as opposed to add <laughs> stuff back in. That's true. Stop, stop, we have to put it back on the cutting room floor because uh, the addition <laughs> that went out to cinemas had too much. To be fair, though, it's normally the, the producers who are trying to get the directors to remove stuff. That's and true, being, yeah. being producers, we're much more about taking That's stuff right, out. Yeah, so. yeah. All right, great. I, so it's the producer's cut then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right, I I can't wait to see Oe because yeah I do I did remember sort of catching the premiere of that just offhand and uh, yeah it just felt a little bit a little bit long yeah well I mean there's a, an app apparently that tells you um uh, when in the movie is the best point to go to the bathroom oh, really? yeah so uh, if you go and see a film and just like oh here's the ten minutes that you can afford to miss <laughs> yeah in a- that app there's a forty minute <laughs> gap there it's just like actually just go get lunch <laughs> uh, have a massage yeah, and then, then come back in later yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Alright, on to this week in trailers. And as I mentioned, it's a bit of an Oscar special. Uh, the problem with this uh, this year's special is that every film in the Oscars this yeah. year, we've already talked about. And I think this is sort of a testament to how good we are yeah, as producers that we managed to identify which trailers are were going to be I, I think it is Oscar a matter winners. of public record that I said Green Book was going to yeah, win exactly. Oscars. It felt like we didn't an, say it deserved it. No. We just said it was going to win. Um, and so all of your big budget Hollywood films, yep. all of your dramas, yep. all of your uh, kids' animation films, yep. we've all covered those we've in covered the last 12 months. Yep. So, so what's left? What's left to cover? <laughs> There's a handful of interesting films that... Uh, they can be classified into two categories. Yeah. There's uh, documentaries did, and foreign films. Exactly. Uh, ordinarily, these are probably films that we wouldn't uh, you know, discuss because we maybe as um, brash executives might have brushed them aside and said that they are fodder for low-end indie art house cinemas. But now that they're Oscar nominated yeah. and some have won Oscars as well, 
we're changing our tune slightly. <laughs> so uh, on to the first Oscar nominated or winning film for this week's episode, which is Free Solo, winner. directed by... It's a winner. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, directed by, and I apologize for in advance for potentially screwing up this name, but Elizabeth Chai Vasa Helyi uh, and Jimmy and Jimmy Chin, and uh, starring Alex Honnold and Sani McCandless. Does it feel different to be up there without a rope? It's obviously like much higher consequence. People who know a little bit about climbing, they're like, oh, he's totally safe. And then people who really know exactly what he's doing are freaked out. I've thought about El Cap like for years and every year I'm like, that's really scary. I'll never be content unless I at least put in the effort. El Cap is the most impressive wall on earth. It's 3,200 feet of sheer granite. It's the center of the rock climbing universe. Obviously, I get interview questions about it all the time. Oh, would you like to do that? And you're like, yes, for sure. This friendly gives me the chills. Oh, yeah. I think we've talked about in the past that gravity kind of freaked me out, that being yep. a- alone in space. Yep. Uh, Free Solo is basically about a guy who wants to climb the highest rock face in the world yeah. without ropes. Yep. And one small mistake, and he's dead. He's yep. falling to his death. Yep. And I have a fear of heights. And yep. this kind of just, like, it gives me goosebumps just yeah. thinking about what this guy did. So he climbed uh, El Capitan in uh, June 2017. And if anyone has a, a Mac here... Uh, probably has had the Mac OS release El Capitan at some point. Oh, right. And the desktop background is the rock face that he climbed. It looks... Inc- 3,200 yeah. feet of <laughs> solid granite. It looks small in that picture, but then when in this film, when they've done some insane cinematography in this thing to make it really feel like, oh, that's... Yeah, he's... It's like a kilometre tall. Yeah, and it's like, it's a sheer... I can just, barely run a kilometre. <laughs> I definitely couldn't climb a sheer face with sheer arm strength. I think one of the more interesting things about this film... I mean, yeah, this guy clearly... He's been doing it for years. He knows he knows what he's doing. And yes, there is that sort of tension of whether or not he'll be able to do it or not. For me, the freaky part was seeing in uh, occasionally in these shots the camera, pe- the camera person who's also tethered to the rock face to get these, like, insanely... Uh, intense shots of this guy as he climbs the mountain. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, somewhat strangely, a very heart of darkness. There is yeah. now a whole bunch of documentaries on how they shot the yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is how we shot Free Solo. This is the bits we did with drones. These yeah. are the bits where we're a camera guy had to climb up halfway up the rock face with him. <laughs> exactly. And they get a rope, I guess. But it's still just like, how are you doing this? You are like perched on the side of a rock holding a huge camera. It's not just like a little you know, GoPro stuck on there. No, it's a proper, like, cinematog- uh, cinema-based camera. And they're just clinging to the side of the rock, chilling out there, filming this guy climbing up. Um, I mean, just, I'd be freaked out being that camera person. Because imagine if the guy fell. Yeah, well, that's they, they say that is the, the one thing that, why the director never really wanted to do a film about free solo climbing, yeah. is that there's always a chance that you can be filming and yep. one of your good friends can just fall out of frame to his death. Yeah, yeah. And then there's another line in there as well, which is like, anyone who has made free solo climbing a big part of their lives is, dead. is now dead. <laughs> I'm just like, this is dangerous, guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, super intense. Think kind of like IMAX style 
cinemas and uh, vistas rather um and yeah super super i think there's now a video online of this guy um honnelly what is it what is his last Uh, name alex honnelly yeah uh, honnold honnold is uh he go he's now doing videos of him critiquing rock climbing scenes from other films like specifically like mission impossible 2 and probably cliffhanger so yeah uh, now now he's you know he's the the face of rock climbing (laughs) he's he's the expert that they all turn to yeah until he apparently dies like every other free solo climber yeah Uh, all right on to the next film we actually have four for you today uh so the second one is never look away directed by again i'm gonna apologize for uh ruining these names here but florian henkel von donnersmark and starring Tom Schilling, Sebastian Koch, and Paula Beer. Nie wechseln, Kurt. Alles, was war, ist schön. Arbeitet an eurem Handwerk in den Dienst am Volk. Hilft das dem Arbeiter? Glaub mir, es stimmt alles nicht, was ich da gemalt habe. Intense period drama. Multi-generational, uh, multi-generational love slash politics film. Uh, set in Germany. Mostly set in Germany. Mostly I, set I in believe Germany. part of it is them escaping Germany. Uh, set both during World War II and the aftermath of World War II. Yeah. Uh, people who grew up whose parents were Nazi doctors mm. and Nazi politicians and are now sort of struggling artists trying to express their experiences throughout the war and their art while yeah. the, sort of the experiences haunt them. I think so. Uh, the sort of our fo- uh, main character here is an artist for the Nazi uh, Nazi regime. So he's kind of creating the art works propaganda that you've seen. Art, yeah. You've probably seen in, in various historical documentaries. That, yeah, the propaganda images of this sort of Aryan race... The working uh, class the working yeah. towards the betterment of their nation. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I believe he sort of comes to the realization that uh, none of the art that he's painting is truly his own, uh, and it's kind of his journey in sort of coming to terms with that and leaving yeah. the Nazi regime and all that kind of stuff. It's got Nazis in it. It's not going to yeah. be like your <laughs> fun and games Indiana Jones style Nazis. These are real no. Nazis. Um, and uh, yeah, it sort of looks at his his life and his his partner and and uh, what he does outside of uh, working for the Nazis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, super intense. Uh, I think it's it? a bit of a, a thing with um, these... Uh, period piece films set in a time of social upheaval mm. that it has to be multi-generational oh yeah it yeah. has to be here's my father and here's me as a kid and here's me as a yeah. a teenager and here's me as a middle-aged person and, a, and Every, an elderly has, person everything has flow on effects there's another film that we sort of watched uh the trailer for before we recorded but decided not to talk about which was of fathers and sons which yeah. deals with um the father and son relationship in syria yeah uh, which and, was and just just how how they propagate hate with like intergenerational hate um, yeah and and then even Roma which is probably yep. the only other Oscar noteworthy film that we haven't yep. really talked about yep. which again is this sort of um, time of social upheaval yep. in New, in Mexico in like yep. the the 60s mm-hmm. and the I think it's really about Alfonso Curon Alfonso Curon's mother yep. and him as a child and that multi generational storyline yeah it's yeah. all about still cause and yeah. effect and all that kind of stuff so uh, yeah this film nominated for best foreign language film and best cinematography. 
probably should have. Was this the one that said it was like Poland's official selection, or yeah, was that a different so. one? I didn't realize that each country was only allowed to select one film one. to be yeah. nominated for the international one. Yeah, just one. Yeah. You get one shot, one chance. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, on to the next film for this week's episode, which is Mirai, directed by Mamoru Hosada and starring Moko, Moka Kamashirashi, Haru Kuroki, and Jen Hoshino. これから仲良くしてね。はあ。この夏、細田守監督最新作。甘えん坊の男の子、くんちゃん。大好きなお母さんとお父さんは赤ん坊の未来ちゃんでいっぱい。ああ。未来ちゃん好きくない。そんなく
Indeed. Okay, on to the final film for this week's episode, which is RBG, directed by Betsy West and Julie Cohen, and starring Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. We welcome today Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's become such an icon. Do you mind signing this copy? I am 84 years old, and everyone wants to take a picture with me. <laughs> Notorious RBG. Yeah, yeah. When you come right down to it, the closest thing to a superhero I know. Ruth Bader Ginsburg changed the way the world is for American women. I became a lawyer when women were not wanted by the legal profession. Thousands of state and federal laws discriminated on the basis of gender. She's popular. Yeah. She, she is very popular. This is the second film that I know of uh, about her. And this is actually a documentary yeah. on like the... On the basis of sex. On the basis of sex. With, with uh, Rogue uh, One, Felicity, Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones, yeah. And Army Hammer. Yeah. One of the things actually you noticed in the RBG trailer is that there's a... There's a shot of her... Well, they sort of go through archival photos of, of Ruth when she was younger. And there's a photo of her there, and she looks exactly like Felicity Jones. Yeah, so she must be about sort of 12 or 13 or something like that at the time. She was quite yeah. young, yep. and she had that sort of very um, uh, angelic face that uh, Felicity Jones brings to the screen. Yeah. Apparently, she met Army Hammer, who plays her husband. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she said, oh, you're much taller than my husband was, because <laughs> Army Hammer's about six foot five. Yeah. And... Uh, and I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg is like four foot nothing. She's, she's, she's not, tiny. She's not, and he's yeah. like, yeah, to be fair, Felicity Jones is also significantly <laughs> taller than you are. They so. scaled everyone yeah. else. So all the other extras in that film are like seven feet tall to match. Um, but this is, yeah. So like, uh, I mean, look, we are Australians, so we don't know a heck of a lot about uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but we do know that she is on the Supreme Court right now. She's probably represents one of the few non-conservative voices on the uh, on the Supreme Court at the moment. Um, everyone is worried about her health as well. Uh, but she's been very much um, the voice for equality, particularly for women uh, throughout American political history, uh, before her sort of rise to uh, fame and power. Um, women really didn't have any no. rights. Uh, she she says at one point during this trailer that she acted a bit like she had to act like a school teacher. Yeah, because people didn't believe that women were getting teacher, the, yeah. the discriminated against. And she's just like, here's like the hundred and eighty individual yep. laws which discriminate on the basis of gender. Yep. And notice how they is in this trailer on the basis of gender because they're not trying to like <laughs> sensationalize it like the other film. They don't want to. Free, freely advertise the other film like yeah, we just did. true. We, we just uh, spent like the first five minutes talking about this film, talking about another film. A different film. Um, um, this is, I look, this looks good. I, I like, I like, she's got a great personality. She's feisty and, and, and spirited and amazing. Um, and I would love to go see this film. This is very much a, a talking head style of yeah, documentary yeah. where they interview people who know her. Yep. There's some, you and know. And her impact and, and, yeah. and so on, yeah. Uh, nominated for Best Documentary Feature and Best Song, really? believe it or not. Yeah, Best Original Song. Lost out to Lady Gaga. Star is Born. Star is Born. Whatever Bradley the hell. Cooper. Yeah, having a nice little moment at the piano there. Um, but uh, yeah, go and see it if you want. And those are the four trailers for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room.
And here we are. So, we know that these films generated Oscar magic, uh, that they were at least nominated, some of them won. Yeah. We love winning Oscar awards, as we've done so many times in the past with the films that we've made. Let's go for another one. I think so. So, we just have to distill the essence of each of these films. So, we have a... um, a extreme sports documentary. Yep. We have a multi-generational... Uh, extreme political upheaval. Yeah, story. Drama, story, yeah. Drama. I mean, it's all drama, right? That's yep. where they get it. Get you. We have a um, quasi-sci-fi Japanese animation. Yep, family-friendly animated. It's a, a, a bit Alice in Wonderland, yeah. journey through the imagination. Yeah. So we'll have a, a, a Mr. Magorium's Imagitorium. Sure. And we have a, uh, a, a legal <laughs> a legal documentary. It really is. Sure. Well, I mean, it, like it's, it's a personality. So, like, it's a single person. Uh, it's a documentary feature about a single person who has influenced politics in some Politi- way. Politics. More than legal. So it's not politics. I'll give you politics. Yeah. One of the things which is actually quite striking as well about this year's Oscar nominations mm. is just how many of them are not coming from the big film studios. Yeah. How they're coming... They're coming from Netflix. They're coming yep. from Hulu. Hulu Amazon. Yeah, they're... Steven Spielberg, actually, today... Uh, has sort of called this out before, but he's sort of saying that uh, films from Netflix and, and the like should not be considered for Oscar awards because they're not technically films. Um, they're not made for a cinematic experience, unlike uh, the films that he makes and I guess the more traditional style films. And as a result, they should be judged differently. Oh, interesting. Uh, contentious, very contentious. Uh, I kind of agree with certain points and also I don't agree with certain points. So I don't know. But um, yeah, the, the, this is the trend now. Like, these big what were TV studios are starting to sort of go out there and spend some serious coin on uh, films that can equally stand with yeah. anything that was made to the actual. So what like, are they going to? Are they going to introduce the streamies? I think Spielberg's solution was just like they can win an Emmy, but they can't win an Oscar. Yeah, uh, but I mean, then if they're going to do that, they'd have to have their own award ceremony, right? Yeah, probably. Just where no one shows up. <laughs> it's just like what, what's Stream everyone doing? Everyone's life. everyone's just at home watching it. Like uh, on behalf of uh, the person who accepted this award, is no one. I mean, no one's even presenting the award. What's going on? It's just like one day the film is there, and then the next day the film is still there. But at the start of it, there's like a little logo on the front of it exactly. that won an award. Uh, anyway, so us being a major Hollywood film studio, I feel like we can easily do something like this as well. Uh, so, what are you thinking? What 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 should we pull from, I mean, from this list? We've got foreign language and we've got documentary, right, and they cool. cover both of them. So we have can to. Can we do, do an animated foreign documentary? Well, an animated documentary would be fantastic. Yeah, and I'm not quite sure how we pull that off. I know how we do it. We just we do animated sequences through through it. Oh right, what was that? There was a fantastic um, uh, animated. I think it was partially animated documentary about uh, an Israeli soldier which won an Academy Award oh. a couple of years ago. I was going to say Mary Poppins, but that's not correct at all. I mean, this is, you know, blending in. I, I think we do that. Animated sequences. So any yeah. any sequences of this documentary which are events of the past, yeah. we bring it's in... animated, yeah. Um, and that very sort of nice uh, Japanese-style yeah. animation. Yeah, properly, properly 2D, hand-drawn, cell based animination yeah I think this, so do you reckon Studio Ghibli will come on board with us Probably. or, or is, there's got to be a bound to be a, no, a, knock off, a knock off version of it <laughs> there are there's around. many many studios they're all and they all like have the same name it's always Studio something right uh, so there's, there's there's that one um, 
The one that made uh, Mary and the Sunflower or something a while back, which is made up of ex-Studio Ghibli <laughs> <All right>. employees. <laughs> Let's just use them yeah, sure. uh, to animate all these animated sequences for it. But, I mean, we, we really need a subject here. Yeah, so something... It's got to be set in a, a foreign country. It has to be slightly political. Yep. It might be a figure of international politics. Are we doing yep. that RGB? Or is, is there an international politician who participates in extreme sports? Um, or? <laughs> Well, I mean, do we do a documentary? Do we do a mockumentary or like Ooh, a, a? I was s- thinking we could do like the the wrestling career of Vladimir Putin. I think that that brute ties together a lot. He's, <laughs> he's very hard to get a hold of. I'm he not is, sure. Yeah, he's he's busy doing various things to various <laughs> countries. Uh, I mean, like politics at the moment is very. You know what's happening at the moment? There is a a a comedian in the Ukraine who is running for president right, of that okay. country. Now, I know nothing else about this story aside from that, but I kind of like the... Um, what if we did a documentary about the rise of a left-of-field okay. candidate? Well, there was... What was it The um, in the, the UK? They had Lord Buckethead. That's right, yeah. Um, they ha- Even in Mexico, they have... Yep. Or, or uh, some of the South American countries, yep. they have rules yep. where every political candidate has to legally allow to have the same amount of airtime. Correct, yes. And you just have these absurd characters coming yeah. along. That's what, that's what happens in England. So they have to announce the results and every person that's, that ran in that election has to be there and they have to make reference to them. So there's no such thing as like a joke. So uh, why don't we legitimately create our own character yep. and then insert them into <laughs> these political races <laughs> and do a part documentary style yep. uh, of them yep. campaigning yep. of their... And then part of it is like an animated sci-fi because like if you do like <laughs> Lord Buckethead, it is it is like the... the uh, we, we take what, what is happening in the real world yep. and then we interweave yep. that as like this... Um, political upheaval yep, rebellion great. sci-fi story yep. which is sort of running in parallel with the documentary you know what's good about this there is a federal there's a state and a federal election coming up in australia yeah. uh this year uh so i feel like we are kind of ready to do to introduce a new candidate to both of those races someone who's running in the state election and the federal election for some reason um so i think that's where we bring in our character and i like the idea of using lord buckethead as the kind of um uh, as the cookie cutter, yeah. as the cookie mold there. I want to say the armature, the skeleton yeah, that we build yeah. the character yeah. around. So, And I think that like the idea of a character that wears a mask of yes, some kind... Yes, absolutely. Uh, I quite like the idea that he would potentially be the evil overlord of yep. a either a sci-fi or a fantasy. Oh, let's just go to back to Studio Ghibli. Yep. What, who, are the, who are the antagonists in, in those films? Because uh, I'm trying to... <laughs> There's a, there's a few, but they don't tend to present themselves as direct antagonists for the most part. Uh, there is... Is it, is it then is it some sort of samurai-style character? Because, I mean, Vader's uh, armour is oh, yeah. quite quite strongly influenced yep. by that sort of feudal Japanese why style. Don't we, why don't we go somewhere else, then, that hasn't been sort of used as a reference point for various other films? What's another period in history or another country, perhaps, that hasn't quite had the same... Uh, I want to say Eskimos. Really? Because oh, I thought if we're going with Australian, we could... I mean, oh, we've, true, we've already delved into the Bush Ranger mythos. Yep. But, like, what would a futuristic Ned Kelly look like? Oh, great. That's perfect. Yeah. So we'll do, like, a, a, a the spiritual successor to Ned Kelly uh, running on a platform of... 
rob from the rich and give to the poor. <laughs> so, yeah, so Ned like Kelly a is a bit Hood. of a Robin Hood. He's a real-life yeah, character, well, but he's, he's an outlaw. He, he hated the English coppers because yep. he was Irish and yep. he went around robbing banks. Yep. Uh, he's got a very sort of, yeah, that a sort very of... Very Bucket-esque uh, exa- I mean, helmet. really, if you went, what would Ned Kelly look like in a sci-fi scenario? <laughs> it is very much Lord Buckethead. It's just a bucket. Um, I think he's wearing some sort of big leather duster yep. that has, like, maybe... Um, Bandoliers, maybe. Yeah, as well. like uh, I think uh, shiny silver reinforced elbows and knees that yep. are slightly shredder style, spiky. Yep, yep. Um, so I, I also like the idea that he does have a bandolier, uh, but it's just instead of bullets in in each of the compartments, it's just like political talking points. Uh, various, <laughs> really, like, he actually draws out his, <laughs> oh, yeah, his yeah. speech cards yeah, from, yeah, his exactly, from his bandolier from his bandolier, and just like yeah, little uh, little bits like that. Because like he is a, he he wants to run as a serious candidate. He's I think not, so. He's not. This is not a joke. He he has a political platform. He has that absolutely he wants to, a political platform, uh, and it's and it's basically like yeah, the rich are getting too rich, the poor. Are it is poorer. it is closing the uh, the economic gap between exactly, the classes. Yeah. Uh, so that's what, uh, what... What do we call him? I mean, we can't call him Ned Kelly because there's probably... No, what, what is a sci-fi version of, of Ned? <laughs> I, uh, um, I mean, I do like... I like the Lord part. I like something that sort of has a sense of the, like, over-the-top nature of their, uh, of their like, reign or their uh, position. Uh, so Supreme... Oh, so this is getting a bit mm. communist now. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like a, a lot of the uh, the futuristic sci-fi stuff is very naval, like admirals. Yeah, admiral. Yeah, I admiral, like admiral. admiral works. Rear admiral. Uh, come on, we're not. We're not. <laughs> it's not a bawdy 1970s entendre uh, piece. It's it's gritty sci-fi. All right, all right. So an ad- admiral. Uh, um, what's I mean? What's the long form of Ned? Ned is not. Ned Edward. is a nickname. Edward. Yeah. Okay. Admiral Edward. Edward yeah. Kelly. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Emerald, Emerald Ed. No, and, I don't. I, <laughs> Ned, Ned is Edward is not the long form of Ned. Yeah, it is. Where does the end come from? I mean, where does why is Bill short for William? Where I, does the B yeah, come I, from? I, Ask these weird old English people <laughs> who are just making it up as they're going All along. Right, so Admiral Edward Kelly. Yeah. Uh, is running. Is he just called like A E K? A E K. Yeah. Except the the A is like a three, so it's A three K. I was going to say A-E-K is A-O-K. Oh, there you go. That's his political slogan. I think, I mean, it's pronounced A-E-K, but because it's all sci-fi and futuristic, the, yeah, the E's the are... Yeah, could look So like it's, yeah, A-3-K, and also 3-K kind of feels like it's the year 3000. Yeah, 3000, yeah. yeah. All right, so there's our kind of, like, time travel. I th- what is the backstory for this guy? He is animated? a time travel. He's yeah, a time traveler. Stealing it from, uh, from Mirai. Mirai. Yeah, so this guy, in the animated sequences of this film... No, no, in the real life oh, as the real well. real life as he, well. He adamantly claims throughout <laughs> the entire election process that he has seen the future yep. and he has come back in time to get elected to stop these problems from happening. All oh, right, okay. And this is like <laughs> this is done as a legitimate documentary is- where he's like, maybe we might not be able to start with like um uh national government maybe we will find like a local election yep and we'll get him elected there yeah, yeah. and it's his journey we'll, we'll shoot this campaign. over the course of yep. years yep. as he moves through yep. local politics to state politics to national politics yep and finally gets elected to the supreme court of australia <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing here do we have that here uh yeah we have the high court oh there you go is it the same sort of setup as the u.s i don't but like the u.s is the only country in the world that appoints justices for life Right. Um, uh, everyone else does it a bit more sensibly, and so it stops them <laughs> from being able to, like... Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I was going to, like, I want to... 
I was going to toss a potential spanner in the works here okay. for the time travel element. And I know, so backstory to this is that Isaac and I have numerous conversations about the legitimacy of time travel in as presented in fiction. But what if uh, Admiral uh, Edward Kelly is coming back in time just so he gets elected because he's already been elected in the future that he came from? I mean, this is, this is I think... In the real world, as he's trying to get elected, he's just adamant about being back in time. It's only through these animated sequences that we yeah. learn of his backstory, yep. we learn of his plight. He doesn't want to come back in time to be elected, right. but because he has already been elected, yep. he needs to come back in time, otherwise there'll be a time paradox. Yeah, exactly. And so he, he's, he's fulfilling a role that he doesn't want to do, and this is yep. this is the, the core, the fundamental underpinning of, of this animated <laughs> sequence it really grounds him as a character yeah. and and this is a front that he can't portray to the public because if the public knows that he doesn't want to actually do this <laughs> yeah. they won't believe in, in his story but yeah. he has to keep working hard to get elected what a bind that yeah. sounds like it's rife for like dramatical intrigue. drama 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 so much drama uh, okay do so we need to introduce a couple more characters into this uh, into this mix here usually there's advisors there's people that run the campaigns there's you know, these, they, these are real life people aj no, we can't no. just create them as characters no well i mean like we'll be... find them as, as we go along <laughs> but like... do we want to influence the type of characters that we put into these I think scenarios they, they, they always do it's like oh you pick a campaign manager are you going to pick the most sensible campaign manager no when we introduce it we're <laughs> going to pick like a someone who's a little bit manic yeah maybe someone who's not quite as well organized as you would like yep. because that creates tension that creates drama yeah, this exactly. is this is the art of the documentary this, <laughs> this is the reality tv of um, yeah. creating a political it's like oh component. just regular people trying to survive yeah, on exactly. an island it's like no you handpicked the yeah, freaks yeah. for us to watch yeah. you, and you said haha look at the freaks look at them laugh exactly. look at them backstab one another you have 100% done personality testing and all sorts of like surveys and questionnaires to figure out exactly the type of person that they are and you know that if you put them with this other person, there's going to be sparks. Are gonna fly. Sparks are going to fly. Sparks are going to fly. So that's I think that's something we need to sort of influence in our sort of mm. thing. So we'll do all the pers- all the Myers Briggs, all the uh, disc training, all that kind of stuff. Figure out exactly who these type of people are. We do an open casting call. Absolutely. And, and do we sort of say this is a thing though? So like usually we do a casting call because we're you know auditioning people for a film. Are we doing that here? Do we? No, be... it's, it's like we we call it a casting call. I think the rest of the world calls it a job interview. <laughs> um, so we we advertise. So we on just, the... we advertise for what? Do we advertise for a campaign manager? Absolutely. Or do we advertise for a campaign manager in a film? No, no, no. This is they are they are the campaign manager for A three K's political campaign. <laughs> Legitimately, uh, this is their job role, their title, yep. their salary is all paid for yep. in that respect. And so do we tell them we're filming them? Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. tell them we're filming a documentary about yeah. this. Like, this okay. is, it is a documentary. Yeah, yeah, it is not a mockumentary. This is legitimate. Oh, no, like- A3K <laughs> is legitimately trying to get elected <laughs> to the Gumly Gumly Council. <laughs> And he, he wants that seat on there because, you know, uh, this is how you affect real change right, no, no, in the past, right, which so, is our present and uh, so in hang his on. future. His platform nationally, let's say, like, like later on, he's like, you know, take from the rich and give to the poor. That's fine. But in Gumly Gumly, does that campaign ring true surely like the residents of gumly gumly are all sort of at the same level no there's there's, no. there's a, there a great big social uh, okay ga- gap in that you know <laughs> remote so corner gonna, of wagga wagga just <laughs> where gumly gumly are is are we gonna find like the, the the area of australia where it just sort of transitions very abruptly from like um peasant style 
hovels yeah. to like elegant Beverly Hills you, style. You have mansions. you have the farmers on the outskirt of town. Yep. You have the townspeople who yep. are you know making all the decisions for yep. the farmers. But uh, there's like there's a line. There's basically there is a line. There is a line in the sand, and it's where the tracker has gone past driving the furrow to plant the wheat. Yeah, one side is the rural side. The other side is high end. Uh, capitalist fat cats exactly uh, and uh, in comes A3K smack bang in the middle ready to sort of shake things up I would assume that the rich end of town has a much lower population as well absolutely I mean it's they are the the one percenters or ever what are, <laughs> what are the the term they used uh, it's the one percent it yeah. is the one percent yeah uh, yeah I think so I think it's the same thing here we find a town where it's legitimately 99 percent farmers <laughs> and one percent wealthy yeah and it's, town a, it's a small Australian town as well so you're yeah. literally talking about maybe 10 people on the one <laughs> percent well, you can't really do that because if there's 10 people, you, you need to have at least 100 people to have 1%. Well, no, but Otherwise, I, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm about I'm about a tenth as wealthy yeah, no, as because, a regular person. No, because I assume, I assume that the rich people have been putting up their own political, like, candidates for years. Yeah. And they've also swung it so that their votes... So the votes of the rural people each are only, like, about a quarter of a vote. Oh, right, so yeah. So you need, like, four people to equal one vote. It's kind of like what gerrymandering is in the US, except they've made it much more literal here in terms of a person-by-person basis. Yeah. Uh, so in comes A3K, and he's just like, no, this system's no good anymore. Um, we can't have 10 people electing a single person in when, like, what's, what, 9,000 other people said, yeah. uh, like, no, we want the other guy. Exactly. Uh, so I don't know what A3K does in that scenario to, to sway that. Maybe he just, like, takes it. Maybe does, like, goes back to his Ned Kelly roots and starts yeah. to sort of slight quietly rubbing out those it's uh, the guerrilla warfare yeah, that goes uh, down to the political po- guerrilla warfare i don't know i don't even know how that would work <laughs> it goes down to the 0.5 percent exactly uh and he gets i mean we hope he gets swept power I we do, the great thing about documentaries is that we just don't know how they're going to shake we out. don't know the events are, are, are dictated by what happens in the real world yep. by real world people yeah of course we want him to get elected of course we want him to progress but he might not into, but he might not he might hit that roadblock yeah. he might um uh, you know, struggle year after year to yep. win over the the votes of the the yep. common folk. Uh, he might turn. He might yeah, go. Yeah. Actually, you know, I am from the future, and and I've des- decided that I need to rob from the poor and give to the rich. <laughs> That's how it's all going to work now. They're, all reality TV shows have contingency plans as well, so they sort of you know plan out the interactions that these people are going to have, and they sort of know how they'll play off each other. But they also have contingency plans just in case yeah. it doesn't go. The way that they're expecting. I had a um uh, a friend who used to edit for, oh, <laughs> for Channel 7's reality shows, and the producer would ask the the uh, the contestants a question, yep. and they'd give their legitimate answer, and yep. then the producer would say, "Just for fun, why didn't you say these words?" <laughs> <laughs> and then and editing it together, it's always just like they ah, just cut yeah. together exactly what the producers told them to say that about the other like contestants. That sounds like a movie film studios documentary yeah. to me. So we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll, no we'll, one ever gets to see what's on the cutting room floors, and we do, no, exactly. we, we make sure that our editors. Are only work without tongues right. so they There's can't <laughs> spill these secrets to their housemates but what, like uh, literally without yeah, tongues all yeah. right that's our, uh, our editors are all mute so they can never <laughs> they can never tell the world the atrocities that we commit there is in no, the editing room there is no director's cut on this one it's just producer's cut yeah nothing on the c- <laughs> we've purged the cutting room floor and burnt off all the negatives because for some reason we're still shooting on film yeah um all right great so we'll have all the like fun takes of uh our Admiral Edward Kelly 
uh, which are the ones that we'll end up using. And then exactly. we'll also plan ahead and say, right, if he wins his uh, the, the local election at Gummily Gummily, uh, this is what will happen. If he loses, this is what will happen. If he goes through to, if he becomes an ex-prime minister of Australia, which could happen. It could. Could it, happen this year. This is what we're structuring we, for. <laughs> can you imagine we'll be there, the, the scoop with our film already in the can just as soon as he's inaugurated? Yeah. I mean, it's just perfect. We can release it the very next day. Buzz will be through the roof. I mean, that's, that's Oscar-worthy, surely. Exactly. Uh, Oscar-worthiness is all about cinema goer buzz, isn't it? So the issue I think we have here is there's a big political thing that happened in Australia about two years ago where a whole bunch of politicians had to resign because it turned out they were uh, foreign, oh, like, yeah. nat- had, had yep. dual citizenship or nationals from another country. Yep. Uh, because A3K is never going to take his helmet off and will <laughs> refuse to produce a birth certificate yep. because he hasn't been born yet, how do we get him elected to, to parliament? Like, is this is this a, a Obama show us your birth certificate kind of thing where about three quarters of his reign through <laughs> through being prime minister, he actually sort of like, I was like, and now I'm actually born. Yep. So now I can actually go and get it. Uh, we'll do the thing that... I don't know. We'll do the thing that they seem to love doing in the US, which is DNA testing to figure out their heritage. Yeah, I'm not sure he has uh, DNA. I'm not sure any oh, really? hypodermic syringe can penetrate his leather duster. <laughs> I think it's future leather duster, but yeah, who knows? So he's hermetically sealed yeah. inside his leather duster. He might duster. even be more machine than man more now. More machine who, than man. How oh, are we even gosh. supposed to know? I don't know. How do we solve this problem? I mean, maybe he just becomes so popular. Like, if you... I think people will just ignore it until... Yeah. until yeah. That's the thing. All these other politicians got elected and sort of did a few yeah, years in parliament before someone said hey are you actually just a single citizen of australia and then there's just well, like, that's the thing i mean uh, most maybe. of it most of it came up when disgruntled like people just went i'm gonna research this and i'm gonna yeah. find out and hey look your grandma submitted an application for italian citizenship when you were four so yeah. you, your career is now ruined yeah um when people try and google a3k they're not going to come up with anything no. there's going to be zero evidence against yeah. him because yeah. Uh, or her, who knows? <laughs> They'll probably get Y2K instead. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's right. They'll, I mean, that's the thing. This is the glory of a politician that has no history. Exactly. No scandals. No, no like, prior What are you, you going to no... do? Trace down his Facebook and find yeah. the embarrassing photos of him when he was a kid? None of, no, no you, can't, you can't dig up the scandal. No. He's, he is the perfect politician. He's, yeah. He's bulletproof. Exactly. Mainly also because he wears bulletproof armor, <laughs> just like Ned <laughs> Kelly, but also from, like, a political bullets. Yeah, from exactly. From sensationalized uh, trumped-up uh, smear campaigns. <laughs> Not even bulletproof, like, laser-proof as well. Yeah, I mean... I mean the, yeah. the, in the year 3000, they don't use bullets anymore. It's no. all laser-based. Um, so yeah, okay, that sounds fine. So we don't, we don't really need to cast in this one either. We no, just have to go and find and we, it, someone. The more unknown they are, the better. And we can't. I mean, we can't even reveal their identity. That's, no, I mean, it's it's kind of like yeah, they we we probably don't even know who they are. If we get them to turn up to the audition slash job interview with a bucket on, that's their head, exactly. Right. I think we're going to have to say that we we cannot know your identity. Yeah. This no has, one can. This no has to be such can. a closed loop yeah. of not even us, not even... I mean, as much as we would never leak any of information course. to the yeah. public for our own political or personal gain, <laughs> uh, we can't. We just can't know who this yeah. person is. So if they is. turn up to the audition with any kind of bucket on their head, what we'll do is once they're signed in and once they're approved for this documentary and their political run, we'll give them the special effects, makeup, uh, the special effects bucket that we've created. Yeah. They go into their dressing room, put it on, that's it. Yeah. No one sees them. No one. It's like uh, the Stig from Top Gear. Exactly. Right? Like no one knew who. And that and as soon as the as soon as Stig gets uh, annoyed <laughs> and decides to write a, a, a biography 
<laughs> and leak who they are, then they get fired and replaced yeah. by someone else by who someone gets to earn millions of dollars by driving are. fast cars very quickly around yeah. a track. Uh, driving fast cars, running for political office. And it's sh- all the thing. same thing. Same thing. Uh, great. What do we call this This film? is just called A3K. A3K I think we take yeah. the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, That's, yeah, RBG. The, the initial, uh, yeah, great. A3K. A3K. That's very catchy. It definitely is. <laughs> it will look, it'll look great on a poster. And you know what the greatest thing about this as well? Mm. We can nominate it for both Best Animated Original yeah. Film. Best, best Documentary. Do we just get everyone to speak French so we can do foreign language <laughs> from as well? If we uh, do it in heavy Australian slang. Yeah, exactly. If, it, if, it, if it's so language. heavy that it has to be subtitled. Yeah. You ever see like... Uh, like the in like the New York news, they'll have from like from the far south, yeah. and like they're just speaking with a heavy American yeah, exactly. accent, and they'll yeah. they'll subtitle it because people can't understand yeah. people from their own country so, with an accent. Yeah, from for our international listeners, if I say I'm going to go have a tinny on the dunny, no one's going to know what that means. Exactly. But but do we subtitle it? I'm going to go have a tinny on the dunny, or I think I'll go drink oh, no, a can of beer on the toilet. No, we. Tra- See, now you spoiled it. I uh, know we, tra- we mean, have to translate it like any foreign film. Oh, when right. it goes to the Oscars, they have to translate it to English. Do you think any of those Academy members speak any language other than English? Probably not. No. And a very narrow range of English as well. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we, we subtitle it to English. So, so we can do docu- can documentary, foreign, foreign, language, foreign language, and animated, animated film. Let's get best cinematography as well. I mean, we, we're always gunning for those, like even, you know, costuming because yeah. it's like, you know, a, a permanent Bucket, suit. that bucket. Like that's going to be an iconic thing. You know how the, the posters for Star Wars and stuff, uh, particularly the re-releases, just sort of use the iconic imagery of like Darth Vader's head and silhouette yeah. and, and whatnot. We'll we'll be able to do the same with whatever bucket we design. We'll get ILM or something to exactly to design a and a you know in bucket. in forty or fifty years time when there's a social revolution and <laughs> people need to you know wear masks to make themselves anonymous. Yep. Uh, they'll uh, they'll yeah, use exactly. um, a three K's helmet <laughs> just to and they'll you know hack into databases yep. and, and, and then, cause and general then, general upheaval. Yep. And then the producers of the Matrix, the third Matrix reboot, will then make a film based on uh, the exactly. A3K and yeah. then uh, a group of internet denizens will take on the imagery from that and yeah. turn it into something even worse. Um, so <laughs> that's his that's, that's their entire future planned out. Exactly. I mean, uh, and of course, a three K knows all of this because okay, he yeah, is from, he's the from the year three thousand. Yeah. yeah. Great. All right. I was going to say he, he is the Guy Ritchie of the future, but it's, it's Guy Fawkes that I meant. Maybe he's both. Who knows? It could be. Who knows? Um, and I think that's a wrap I think on you're right. A3K. Housekeeping, as per usual, we are online at moviefilmstudios.net, where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, and Mephuzawidida, the database of films that we've released on this podcast. Coming soon to that website, potentially, is a leaderboard as well yeah. for... The Facebook game that we post every week. So you can find us on Facebook by searching for Movie Film Studios. Uh, join the community there because we post emoji clues. Emoji translate emoji and translate uh, anagram clues, which are also coming to Instagram as well. Yes, so if you follow are. us on Instagram, you we, get to see those in yep. large scale format. We are on uh, Instagram. We are at Movie Film Studios on Instagram. So uh, congratulations to the people who got the correct answers this week. Uh, uh, Never Look Away, of course, tra- uh, anagrammed into Layover Awoken. Um, free solo was just the rock climbing guy, yep. and I assume everyone got that one because I, a rock climbing movie won uh, Oscar. Yep. Um, those very very smart people who realised that the red, green, and blue or RGB yep. was an anagram of the uh, documentary <laughs> Ruth uh, RBG. RBG. Very very well done yeah. for unscrambling that one. Yep. And um, 
uh, somewhat strangely, normally we have to uh, translate things into a foreign language, yep. but Mirai is actually the Japanese word for the future. Great. So, so congratulations if you realized that you just put the future <laughs> was a translation of this uh, Japanese <laughs> name, which meant... We uh, occasionally get complaints that the games are way too hard to do, so if you feel that way and you can't get at least two this week, then <laughs> I just... That's fine. I, like, you know, I mean, uh, you know, 50 percent is good. Good for the leaderboard. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. there's no one sitting on that leaderboard, exactly. so you feel the first to, to get in. I will probably also retweet or uh, repost the, the funniest dances as well. Yeah. So if you want to join in and um, suggest them weird, yeah. what what other you know layover uh, awaken might add yeah, a exactly. into, which is possibly even a, even stranger Nazi film about <laughs> artists. Who knows. <laughs> Uh, you'll be forever immortalized in this podcast as well. So if you like hearing your first name in recorded form done by two people, then uh, tune in and play. Um, we are on... Uh, uh, well, if you want to listen to this podcast and aren't currently doing so, have a look at us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean. Tune in is now one that we yeah. are appearing on. Seems like to be a very swanky podcast provider, uh, and pretty much any other place that you get podcasts from. If we're not on your favorite podcast platform of choice, tell us about it. We might do something about it. Yeah, and also I we don't know how you're listening to this right now. If we're not, but yeah, exactly. Oh, we haven't asked for it for a while, but if you are artistically inclined and would like to uh, design posters for uh, you know a3k or potentially any of the films that we've come up with or yeah. always after artist submissions they'll go on our uh, mephistle Wooda database there of all the films that have come through and they hopefully sure we'll have little uh little posters for all of those all the what 65 <laughs> films now that it's, we've done <laughs> yeah there's plenty of them <laughs> i think we have artwork for three we've had three submissions so <laughs> we have indeed and i think that's it all that remains is to thank you again for listening this week i've been isaac and i've been aj roll credits Watch me.